All right, everyone. How's it going? I'm doing another recap for a foam open that took place uh, fairly recently in Manchester. Um, here with me, I have Emily Walker of Manchester Killer Bees. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. So um, I wanted to ask, uh, is this the first foam uh, tournament you guys had in over a year or was there another open prior? No. So we've got another one at the end of the month, but this one's the first one this year. And how, how did you take a liking to foam? Did you have any prior uh, uh, training sessions with it or? Yeah, so I'm, I'm on the GB team um, and I'm part of the foam squad um, there. So I've done some amount of training on foam there. Unfortunately, my first like competitive um, outing for GB was going to be the new um, sort of World Cup with the foam and the cloth, which was meant to be in September last year. But obviously <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, but then at Bees, we uh, we did a couple of training sessions leading up to the Foam Open. And then last year, well, before the pandemic, we used to do um, a Foam session every Thursday. So we used to do it once a week because Aiden's pretty big on Foam. So we've had some amount of experience. Uh, would this be Aiden Woodall? Yeah. Okay. So I had him on uh, an ep uh, a coaching episode uh, if you guys want to listen to that it's in the archives season five um he's definitely a good person to talk to and definitely someone i'd like to meet again uh but uh i didn't know you were actually on the gb squad um yeah how, how are you taking a liking to foam yeah i actually i i quite enjoy it i mean it's i find it's a lot kinder on my arm so uh it's quite nice it's <laughs> soft, it's a lot softer on my injuries than uh, cloth is so cloth is a little more brutal for you yeah because the ball's a lot heavier so you've got to put a lot more of your shoulder through it than you do with the foam balls you're not wrong uh <laughs> i felt that firsthand but uh, i actually enjoyed that part um yeah so i kind of wanted to go over um the results of the foam open that took place in uh, manchester so in your neck of the woods yeah. uh letterworth meteors took first manchester killer bees was this the A team, the B team? That's the that's the first team. So the the it's Manchester Bees overall, and then it's the different types of bees that then are the team names. So Killer Bees is the first team, Soldier Bees is the second team, and Worker Bees are the third team. Slash, I've mixed that up, and Worker Bees are the seconds, and Soldiers are the thirds. So you know, it's it's really yeah simple to uh, keep up with. Soon as I can't remember my own team, so. <laughs> So it's listed there was Manchester Killer Bees that took second, followed by third place outing by Leamington Spartans. There were yep. 10 teams total at this event. Um, I mean, it's obviously you're on GB, so you're fairly comfortable with uh, foam, as we already established. How did you feel everyone took to foam when you went there? Yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was a bit rusty of a start. Um, everybody kind of getting their head around the rules because there's very slight differences between cloth and foam in terms of the intricacies of the rules. So I think the first sort of like first half of everybody's first game was kind of being like, oh yeah, I remember I can't like run over the middle line and everybody kept called out for that. So I think <laughs> that, <laughs> I did it at one point. I went up to throw and then just looked down and was like, oh, I've gone over the middle line, right. I'll just go and stand in the outbox then. Um, but once we kind of got over that, everybody really got into it. So that was the one like big hurdle, um, just people running over the line at the rush. Yeah, because it's because uh, we're used to having a neutral zone, so you can then basically go up to another line, and because the attack line is so close in foam, in your head you're like, oh well, that's the line's really close to the middle line. That's my neutral zone. I can step over that, and it's just kind of getting your mind back into no, it's middle line. <laughs> um. Were the I mean, it seemed like the refs were pretty knowledgeable to catch that early on to kind of steer you in the right direction. Um, was there any other confusing rules that you guys had to learn essentially on the fly, seeing as this was your first competitive foam outing out there? At yeah, I think the other, the other like major one was um, getting used to the fact that the ball is dead once it passes the middle line. So people were still going for like rebound catches, which would count in cloth. Um, and then being like, oh, I caught it. And then you're like, no, no, that's that's just nothing. What do you mean when it passes the middle line? 
So if, like, say, for example, um, you throw a ball in cloth and suddenly blocks it back towards you, if you catch that ball, okay. blocked it is out and you oh, get okay. back into the catch counts in that instance. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm familiar with how you explained it that way because the way you initially said it or the way I initially um, heard it was you made it seem as if catches didn't count. And I was like, yeah. wait, what? That's not... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a sneak rule. It's not real. <laughs> okay, I was just like, wait a minute, there was something missed in translation. But okay, no, that that that's actually you're you're correct on that. Um, so it seemed like the routes were pretty knowledgeable. You guys just needed to be steered in the right direction. Yeah. Um, other than just the rules, was there any like? And, and we're just gonna ha- start off some levity, some hilarity here. Uh, was there any like kind of people who threw, but kind of like either went like right in front of them or two feet over was there like any adjustments you saw in a hilarious way oh from yeah that end? i I, uh, I managed to in one of the games annihilate the scoreboard at the side of the court uh, rather than the player i was trying to hit <laughs> uh, and we had a few like invalid warnings from when the ball slipped out of people's hands and just rolled over because that was the other thing is that even though it wasn't the, that warm this weekend the hall we were playing in was really sweaty so as the day went on the balls just got more and more moist and it was just like trying to grip it was just causing a lot of issues so there was a lot of people getting chalk out and as the the day went on to try and grip the balls better (laughs) it's kind of funny so um if anyone who's heard my recent recap of the midlands mixed open um shannon uh shannon smith and hannah Catterall also hinted that they also had to deal with the heat uh so i guess the summers are very scorching out there well, not really. It's mostly just because we don't have air conditioning, so it's just. <laughs> oh yeah, just well that hot. that's very that's very helpful. No at all. Was there any like uh, how do I say this um, pregame like outings you guys had, or any like rally cries that you guys had to kind of help you go in, into foam? Uh, no, we just have we just have our usual sort. But everybody has their like calls at the start as you like after the team huddle. So ours is uh, buzz, 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 bees uh, shouted very loudly with a number of hands down and then up at the end. So that's mostly it, and then just mostly just yelling at people to smash it during games. <laughs> <laughs> so of the ten teams represented, you you guys sent three. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely a home crowd, home crowd environment. Uh, were there any uh, restrictions as far as like um, as, uh, what you guys had to do before and after games? Yeah, so everyone's like encouraged to um, use hand sanitizer. So there's a lot of hand sanitizer around the uh, venue. And then also between games, if you weren't playing or ball retrieving, you had to go and uh, be outside. So there was, you weren't kind of allowed to stay in and watch um, the other teams play. So for anyone who wasn't playing, they had to stay outside the gym. Yeah, so not even like outside the doors, like physically outside of the building. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. I mean... On the one hand, that sounded really strict because obviously one of the best things I love about playing in a competitive tournament is watching other teams. But on the other hand, um, you know, I'll say it, you guys are doing better in the COVID situation than we are. So <laughs> maybe it's something for us to look into in that end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, kind of wanted to go over some of these results. Um, and now we mentioned it before, leader. Uh, Leaders, Lutterworth Meteors. Yeah, learn how to talk, Sergio. Uh, <laughs> Lutterworth Meteors took first. Manchester Killer Bees took second, and Leamington Spartans took third. Um, were there any highlights from uh, Manchester Bees you'd like to point out, as far as like any cool plays, who committed them, who was it against, anything you could recall that you know deserves a moment of awesomeness in its own right? Yeah, I mean, so we've got um, two Malaysian players that have joined us um, this season. And obviously they're very comfortable with foam and just seeing them play because they get themselves so small. So there was one point when it was just the two of them left in and you just, nobody could hit them because they would just take a corner each and completely collapse themselves behind the ball. I think everybody was just like watching them being like, this is a really good tactic, but I'm not sure a lot of us could physically put our bodies into the positions that they were putting themselves into to get so small behind the balls 
What were their names? Uh, I am going to be terrible and I can't remember their names on the top of my head. <laughs> I will have to get back to you. <laughs> I'm not very good with names. So if I were to tag Aiden Woodall when this episode drops, he would know the names, right? He will, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Aiden, if you're listening, pay attention. I'm going to tag you in a post when this comes out. Um, <laughs> so, But yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Um, I remember a couple of a couple of years ago, a couple of the Malaysian national team members came out to LA and um, they did the very same thing. And it's easier said than done, but you have to curve around them to hit them. Um, again, easier said than done, but it's good. It's a good thing for you guys to have them on your team. So you could at least see it up close and not have to deal with it unless you're training against them. Yeah. <laughs> um, now let's kind of give you a little uh, moment in the sun. Uh, I know you kind of, joked around and said oh you blasted the scoreboard but were there any cool plays that you did that you believe deserves a, a moment of awesomeness to be remembered yeah so I actually made a catch which was my uh, aim for the day because I struggled to catch phone balls compared to cloth um, I got a uh, running countered by one of the one of the Spartans um, and I managed to make the catch on my own face while running backwards so that was pretty good <laughs> so your goal was to make a foam catch? Yeah. Um, I know you had prior uh, training sessions. Uh, was that a difficult thing for you uh, as far yeah, as catching foam or was it throwing it itself? What was the biggest so adjustment I, for you? I find fo- Throwing's fine now. So I have a foam ball at home. So I've spent a lot of the <laughs> various lockdowns just throwing a foam ball at a fence, just getting myself used to it. So I find generally I'm pretty good with it in terms of accuracy power less so but for me because the catching because I don't have anybody to throw at me um to practice the catching and because cloth it's more of a scoop but with foam you've got to get more of your hands on it because if you try the scoop that we do with with cloth it just kind of falls out or it bounces off so it's just trying to get your head out of the instinct that you usually have when you're catching a cloth ball because if you do that with foam it doesn't tend to stick so it's just trying to remind yourself, no, I need to do it this way rather than the traditional way. Yeah, uh, I would say you're right about that. The one benefit I would say about uh, foam versus cloth is um, when, you th- when you're going for a catch for a foam ball, there's a split second or two where it kind of folds into you, kind of squishes into you. Mm-hmm. So you have that like split second give of like get, just getting your hand around it versus a fully inflated cloth ball where – if you either catch it or you don't, because on contact, it's just going to bounce. Um, so that that's just something of a insight that I feel like I that I picked up on when I played uh, over there. Um, did you happen to watch the final game at all? So I was ball retrieving, so I saw some of it, but I'm not going to lie, I was pretty tired at that point. So <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that happened because the t- play was stopped numerous times um, for all the referees to come in and uh, discuss what had just happened. So I can't, I, I didn't manage to watch what had happened before they came in because I was busy running around court trying to retrieve all the balls. Was it just a lot of like bang, bang plays or was it a lot of little controversies that the ref had to go over? Like, Yes, there was a lot of like, um, sort of like, was it, were, were there blocks, were there catches, kind of like really close calls that kind of brought people, it brought the referees in on because they couldn't make that split decision call. So it wasn't any sort of like intricacies of the rules. It was mostly like whether a block had hit somebody's fingers or ricocheted off them afterwards um, or whether a catch had, was made successfully uh, before it kind of touched the floor and stuff like that. So. But yeah, it was pretty intense, and I'm sure that the uh, Simon Jones will fill you in and all of the controversies that happened in that final. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, the one thing I knew, uh, talking with uh, Brett Koenig earlier this year, um, they're on a mission. They 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 want to win, and um, be it right, wrong, or indifferent, there's something about that that's very motivating. And I'm sure they're taking it this year as like uh, we're here to make a definitive statement. Um, whether they agreed with the results or not, they're they're here to make it a, a definitive statement. So it'd definitely be good to pick their brain about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, how was it like playing against uh, meteor or not meteors uh, Spartans? 
Yeah, it was. Well, we did. I, I we also our, my team also played Meteors. That was our first game of the day. So that was. Uh, Ooh, nice you started game. off right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, so I think we managed to get one point off them, which we were pretty happy about because we thought we were going to be completely annihilated. Uh, which Meteors were not pleased about to loot to drop that point. Um, but yeah, there was pretty much baptism of fire. So I basically whoever ran for our for the balls at the start was going out because Brett was pretty much nailing the runner every single time at the start of every single set. <laughs> like I said, man, the man's on a mission. I got to respect yeah. that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it obviously, you know, Meteors won the whole thing. Uh, were there, and Spartans were not too far behind. Um, were there any other um, GB players that are playing on other teams that uh, we should know about? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so in terms of the women, so um, uh, April uh, was playing with Derby, um, with another GB player that again I've forgotten the name of because I'm an awful person. Uh, but there was two GB players on the uh, female GB players on the Derby team, um, and then there was um, obviously Elise and Amy who who played for Wales. They were on uh, the the Carmarthen team, and um, so they were there as well. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So they came up. They were originally meant to be going down to the South Coast Open, I believe, um, but they ended up last minute just uh, joining their guys up um, at the Foam Open instead. Although one of their men dislocated his shoulder going for an interesting Oof. catch. Oof. Oh, that hurt my shoulder just hearing it. Um, yeah, they tried to put it back in and it was not pleasant. I mean, it can only go one of two ways, man. It's either going to go in roughly or not at all um yeah. it's definitely not going to be pleasant either way so whoever you are man i hope you're doing better um damn that sucks <laughs> um hopefully no, no other gnarly injuries took place in that in that sense no no that was the that was the only one nobody else was limping off court or anything like that <laughs> so i wanted to ask um did manchester bees or anyone you knew um recorded any of these uh, phone matchups? Yeah, so we had a camera there. Um, there was definitely another GoPro there as well. I'm not sure which team it was, um, but we recorded um, most, most of our games. I think Killers, all of their games were recorded and then um, it depended on the other two Manchester teams because sometimes we were playing at the same time and we only had the one camera. So there's definitely footage um from there so the the final should have been recorded unless the camera ran out of battery at that point but um there should be some Ooh. footage coming soon for the final oh i would love to see that i would love to see that personally um <laughs> and someone who wanted to play foam over there someone who just loves foam uh, I'm, I'm always down to see some foam footage and seeing how you guys were out there yeah uh, it, would you say that uh foam is gaining steam as far as popularity goes over there um i know it was only 10 teams there but i part of that makes me think it's because there's just covid restrictions um but do you think you'll see more and more teams uh join foam opens going forward yeah so like at the moment it's kind of like the gb players that are kind of pushing it forward so pretty much every every team that kind of competed have a gb player at their club that's kind of trying to get the get foam going so it's kind of expanding out from there. So I think as it goes on and we get more players, because I mean, we had a foam tournament before COVID and we had a lot of teams there. Um, so I think it is quite popular. It's one of those things that people will be resistant at first, but we've had changes in dodgeball here before because we used to originally play with three cloth balls and now we play with five cloth balls. And I remember when five balls started, there were so many people that were like, no, I don't like this. I hate it. It's not good. And now everybody is the new normal and everybody just loves it. Yeah. Sometimes change is a good thing. Um, coming from someone who used to watch a lot of those three ball games, I can tell you it's a better thing, a better product. <laughs> um, it just, and there's a reason why I, didn't pick up here for a while because we used to try to do that and it just yeah. didn't work um we like being aggressive i don't know maybe it's just an american thing uh, i always say that but uh <laughs> you think it'll definitely gain some steam though for sure yeah yeah i think it's one of the things i think it would be definitely be useful if there was kind of 
more consistencies between foam and cloth rules so that you then didn't have to be like, oh, what's the rule here? So I, I think it would definitely benefit if kind of the general rules sort of like about catches and timings and stuff like that was consistent between the two because it would help people switch so much easier. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> and also remembering not to run over the center line because there is no neutral zone, people. Uh, yeah. Let's try to remember that next time for the next foam open. Uh, when, will <laughs> when will that be? Uh, so there's one at the end of the month on the 28th of August is the next one. And where where will that be, rather, I should say? Oh, that's a good question. Let me just check. It is. Do you want me to check? Oh, it's going to be in Coventry is where it's going to be. Okay. Yeah, no, we just kind of cut off a little bit there. It was kind of weird. But it's going to be... Oh, no, no, it's cool. Yeah. In Coventry. Coventry. Co oh, Jesus Christ, my accent. <laughs> it's Co not the easiest place to say. <laughs> well, the biggest, the biggest concern with me doing these episodes, and people probably heard it already, is the fact that for the most part, I feel people understand me, but because of my American pronunciations, I probably butcher a lot of things. So, because and, and um, there's a, Coven a city in um, in the state of Montana called Coventry that we call coventry um <laughs> but it, we're just trying to break international ground people that's all i'm trying to do uh, i mean i know how it is because i'm i live in the north of england so i'm sure that i pronounce it differently to people in the south of England, so <laughs> uh yeah i i did notice there were a few distinct uh, accents out there but i couldn't place it obviously i mean i just figured okay this person speaking english this person yeah. speaking english but they're both very different I can't tell who's who yeah. or where they're from. So I'm just going to stay out of it. I understand where they were and that's all it is. Um, <laughs> uh, will meteors be in uh, Coventry? I don't know. I don't, uh, they've not released like the teams yet, um, i.e. who's going to be there. But I would imagine so that if they've got the team that they'll go because they were they did so well at this foam open that I'm sure that they want to go and show their dominance at the Coventry one. And then particularly with it being... Coventry and being further central to the country, we're likely to get sort of more teams from the south there. So a lot of teams don't really like traveling all the way to Manchester, particularly from London, because it can take sort of like six hours to get there. And it's not kind of worth it for to travel six hours to play eight hours, then travel another six hours. <laughs> uh, so uh, how, how is foam accepted among Manchester, Manchester killer or bees as a whole. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I mean, there's definitely some people that are very much opposed to foam and will not attend training sessions if it is just a foam training session, but mostly quite well. And then we usually have like a consistent group of like around 20 people that are very enthusiastic about foam and really like playing it. Oh, for sure. Um, Hey, just join the dark side, people. We got cookies. It's all good. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to help you convert people over to foam because uh, if you could pull off some of these tricks that uh, I'll put on camera, you'll definitely have a lot more fun with it. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to wrap this up a little bit. Um, again, I'll be chatting with Simon Jones later on to get the perspective from his team and maybe get some highlights on his end as well. Uh, was there any shout outs you'd like to give as far as, you know, teammates who did well that you might have uh, overlooked or just the overall vibe of the tournament or just foam as a whole use this as a platform to kind of um, win people over in that sense yeah I mean so from my team for the, the Manchester team I was playing for um, we had a guy uh, called Zach um, he started the tournament being like oh I'm not really I'm not really like thrilled about this foam thing and then by the end of the first half was like Emily, can I throw more? I'm hitting people really well. And he did really well. And he was getting so many toadings with his throw. So he really enjoyed it. Um, and then the other girl that was playing with me on the team, Cheska. Um, so she got some really sick catches when we were playing Derby and like turned a few games around to give us the, the wins on a couple of the sets. So they did really well. I wanted to catch on something. I wanted to pick at you at something you just uh, said. 
you called yourself Manchester United, so safe to assume that you're a United fan. Uh, I don't, you know what? I don't really watch football. If anything, I would, if I had to say a team, it would have to be Burnley because that's where I'm from originally. My dad would kill me for supporting a different team. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I just wanted to pick up on that because um, when you said Manchester, you said United, you didn't say Bees. Oh, did I? Oh, man. Oh, I caught I this. This is going to be recorded. I'm not cutting it. Yeah. I'm not cutting it in post. <laughs> so if people, if people know you supporting the Red, the Red Devils, I mean, you know, I'm sure your dad might listen to this. This is an international <laughs> podcast, by the way. Yeah. I, I can show you the analytics. We got a lot of listeners from all over the world even listening yeah. to you right now. <laughs> so you already put your allegiance out on blast, so you're a United yeah. fan. Yeah. Just have to start painting my house red just to signify that. I'm sure there's a Rashford, uh, Rashford jersey hanging in your living room somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm putting you on blast, man. I'm letting you know. We're going to have fun, but if I catch a little uh, hint of weakness, I'm definitely going to highlight that for sure. Oh, don't, don't worry. I frequently say words that I do not mean to. So the fact that I managed to get through this entire thing with only one sentence with the incorrect word in it, I'm doing quite well for myself. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mention Burnley once unless it was to defend yourself so let yeah. lets me know that you're a closeted United fan yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh what kind of host picks on the guests is beyond me it's, it's part of my it's part of my niche I'll just say that yeah <laughs> but uh I want you to use this time to win people over in foam why should people try foam why should we help it grow in the in the UK? Was it about foam that you feel people should give a chance about? I find that foam's a lot more inclusive. So obviously at the at the weekend there was no women's division, but obviously the women can play as part of the men's team, but it's a lot easier as a woman to play against six guys throwing foam balls at me than six guys throwing cloth balls at me because ultimately I feel like if there's six guys throwing cloth balls at me I might break something so <laughs> I felt like I could fully get into the game um which was really nice um I mean I'm less keen on the whole like having a different line to throw from so it was quite nice at the weekend that everybody just had the same line so it just felt like we were just playing as one team yeah it's really good it's i find like it's it's almost kind of easier to get in to start getting into than cloth because it's it's a lot easier to kind of pick up a foam ball i know it can go off weirdly but kind of like getting the feel for that in your hand is a lot easier than getting your hand around the cloth ball and then obviously like the ultimate goal of dodgeball is we just want more people to play it and the way that we get more people playing it is getting more people playing the same kind of dodgeball. So that's definitely why we should get more involved in it, because it would be great to have more international tournaments so that we can really kind of share dodgeball cultures around the world. For sure. If ever, um, if ever an argument to be made, inclusiveness is one of them. And if anything, it's the main one uh, to get more people involved um, and maybe have a shorter learning curve uh for me i know foam i mean it's easier to say foam is easy uh easiest for me but i've been playing it roughly over 10 years so who would have met who would have thought if i were to start off with cloth would i say the same thing but you definitely make a compelling argument for anyone out there who wants to try foam in the uk or abroad just give it a shot you got nothing to lose <laughs> the ce the ceiling of growth is only going to get higher and um you'll definitely find more enjoyment in it and uh <laughs> so i wanted to say thank you uh emily for hopping on and sharing your perspective of the foam open that took place essentially in your backyard and um part two of this recap will feature simon jones um the winning team and uh, we will wrap this up and okay and that was my recap part one of the recap with emily walker from manchester bees uh thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us uh the insights of the day as well as the overall perspective of the events uh, from your end now we're going to segue into simon jones of meteors um, to discuss how they, it went for them and overall talk about their win all right now stay tuned take a listen all right everyone how are you doing and in part two of the summer foam open recap i have with me from the winners uh from the winning team, rather, I uh, have Simon Jones. How you doing, man? Uh, yeah, good. Thanks. You? 
I'm doing fine. Just finally talking about uh, dodgeball, even though it's not in my uh, neck of the woods, so to speak. So I just wanted to give everyone an idea of how it went over there. This took place in Manchester um, in the Trinity Sports Center. Is this a common gym you guys uh, play in? Uh, that, that's right. So it took place. I can't say I've played there before, uh, but uh, who knows? It might be a popular venue in the future. <laughs> so in the in the previous uh, recap I had with Emily Walker, um, we talked about the top three finishes. But now here I have the groups that took uh, that uh, played in, in the event itself. Sorry. Uh, in men's group A, we had Lemington Spartans, Stafford Raptors, Lutterworth Meteors, Manchester Worker Bees and Derby, Derby Phantoms. Followed by yep. the Group B, we had Manchester Soldier Bees, Nottingham Sheriffs, Carmarthen Wizards, Manchester Killer Bees, and Kapow. So safe to assume, being in Manchester, it was a heavily represented uh, event for these guys in Manchester. Three yeah, teams out of ten. Yeah, they have a big club in Manchester. It's really well, well run. Um, and I think they've been practicing a lot of foam on the run-ups to this tournament. So, yeah, no surprise. So it actually segues into my next question. How much experience with foam have you had personally? Uh, well, obviously with the, the coronavirus, um, we haven't played any dodgeball. Uh, then we came back um, about two months ago now, played cloth. Um, and I had, well, I went up to join the Derby Phantoms on the Thursday before the tournament uh, with Brett. We played our first uh, bit of foam um, since a training session in autumn 2018 uh, so we literally had a two-hour session there and then that's all we played <laughs> wow uh, 2018 yeah if, if you were to tell me in 2018 that we'd go a year without dodgeball i'd call you crazy oh, sadly I sadly i would say that um but how, how did your uh, how did your club adapt to foam yeah well we've we've always been a style that a club that likes to have an aggressive style to our play uh, a lot of our players haven't, haven't played in a, in a long while. And, you know, say Brett and I went and did some training. A lot of our guys hadn't done any foam training whatsoever. But we did have um, Joe Brown and uh, Henry Skinner in our team, who, of course, went to the uh, World Championships in Mexico. Um, so they had a lot of experience um, in that tournament. I think Joe won the uh, player, GB player of the tournament uh, award, whether that's an official thing or not. But. Yeah, so we had some really good uh, experienced players uh, in our ranks, I was pleased to say. So if you heard my previous interv uh, uh, interview with Emily Walker, um, she mentioned that there was a lot of like hilarity as far as people crossing the line when running. Uh, did you notice that with your team uh, at the yeah. initial start? Uh, I can't say I did, to be fair. I think uh, all, all my team were, were really good. I did see it happen a couple of times when um, <laughs> we were refereeing, but uh, our guys have got a good judgment of line. Uh, they knew not to step over the center line. So, uh, yeah, I think they uh, got on all right with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where um, if you play a different style, you're going to notice, you know, it it's going to take some uh, time, some reps on the court to understand your awareness, what you can and can't do versus what you were able to do as well as even the boundaries. Um, so it's, yeah. it was, it was funny to hear that, but definitely understandable. So I'm looking over in your group. Um, you play Lemington Spartans. I probably butchered that pronunciation. I'm sorry. No, Lemington Spartans, Stafford Raptors, the worker bees and Derby Phantoms. Um, Dar Derby. Derby. Yeah. Rather than Derby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, I definitely butchered that one. So Darby yeah. Phantoms, sorry. That's Darby right. Phantoms. Um, it, were there any particular highlights you had um, that you like to point out? And who is the toughest uh, challenge in that group for you guys? Yeah, as, as I was saying earlier, we trained with the Darby Phantoms on the Thursday before. So they ran a really good session for us to, to get an idea. And they're a really well-run club. And they've got uh, a girl called Bree who comes from Canada. So she has a, a bit of a foam background. Uh, to us so they were a, a good team to to challenge they were and of course Lemington Spartans probably are our biggest rivals so it was great to have a, a good game against them in the, the groups group stage and they've got um, Mark Allen, Allen or probably better known as Straubs or Dodgeball Straubs who's got a who's probably got one of the best foam throws in the UK so it was good to have a, a really good challenge so early on uh, against those guys in the, in the group stages yeah so <laughs> it, it, it's funny you mentioned Straubs and it's funny you mentioned the, there's a rivalry between Spartans and Meteors. Would you say that the rivalry is akin to United and City? 
<laughs> I don't know. It's uh, so it's a new new sort of relationship that's uh, kind of uh, developed. I mean, I don't know if you know, but in uh, UK um, they cut the league short because of the coronavirus, and British dodgeball had to make a, a decision. At which point, uh, us and Leamington Spartans were tied, joint top. I think they were only ahead on like a points, like a sort of um, game difference or something like that. Uh, and they decided to cut the season in half and uh, award the title to Spartans. So we've kind of like got a, a thing going on where we want to get that title back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely understandable. Um, albeit the state of the world is definitely understandable to feel kind of robbed of an opportunity to make it definitive and right, wrong, or indifferent, a decision had to be made in that sense. So going forward, I guess it's going to be like a statement every time you guys play against them, whether it be foam, cloth, trampoline, poker table anything you just want to take a, a w against them yeah exactly and i think they they are one of the uh, the best teams in the uk they they have you know had great success and they've had some players in that team that have played at the highest levels so you know it's like any any competition you want to beat beat the best um and and spartans are definitely one amongst those <laughs> so um definitely going over the uh the final results um so uh, meteors took uh first followed by the killer bees taking second and spartans taking third um earlier on you you mentioned that you you had a joke name for your team oh yeah um, <laughs> you would you want to uh, share that name uh yeah like, we, we uh, well, obviously after the tournament we uh, came up with like hashtag foamyors it's been an ongoing thing with the meteors anything we can uh, kind of uh work with the eors is a, is a good pun so uh when we uh when we won the uh the league uh i think it was 2018 we went unbeaten so we we called ourselves the uh, invincials <laughs> it's kind of a it's an ongoing joke that we have within the, the club so pretty much anytime you guys have an opportunity you're just going to make a pun of the name uh, yeah exactly okay so this isn't the first time then no no we actually, uh, the legacy goes further than that, actually. We actually called ourselves the Antiors a long time ago. Uh, the story behind that is we were having a, a tournament and we were, we were absolutely, we were, we were playing rubbish, really shocking. And uh, we sat outside in the grass and we were like, lads, this is, this is poor. You know, we need to be better. And then one of our teammates, uh, an ant, walked across his hand. And like he said, lads, why can't we be like these ants all working together for the colony? You know, for the for the for the uh, for the uh, group, you know. So as as a as for now, like we need to be like a team of ants all working together really hard for success. So we call ourselves the Antiors. <laughs> random, I know. It, it pretty random. I mean, but it almost seems like it was. Uh, I don't want to say divine intervention, but definitely something that was meant to be. If someone made a pun right off the bat like that, yeah, you know, it, it worked. You know. We we had each other's backs from that point forward, and um, from there we ha- we had great success. So much so we actually had it uh, on our on our one of our kits an ant printed on it uh, discreetly. <laughs> Wait, is it the kit the one I have, or is it the one you guys had during that before time? then? Before then, okay, yeah. I was like, I don't think I remember seeing that on the jersey. Um, so, can you kind of like break down how the groups went? So, was it top? two going to the finals that's or... right yeah so it's quite cutthroat really because obviously you had two teams of five two two groups of five uh top two go through to the to the semis um and the other the other teams going off to positional playoffs uh so it was it was very competitive okay um so what were the highlights that w- uh that you would recall that led to winning the 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 foam title uh well I mean, obviously, it was kind of a bit of a learning curve, everybody feeding the feet. And I think uh, we tried different styles. As I mentioned earlier, we're, we're a really aggressive team. Um, you know, we like to run at the team and, and do a lot of counterattacks, something that I don't think that the, the foam game necessarily lends itself to, which you can kind of see from watching, like, you know, you guys play in the, uh, in the World Championships. But, you know, we had, we had an open mind and... I say Henry and Joe went to the, the world championships. They had tactical ideas. So when we tried, we tried slowing it down, um, we tried speeding it up um, and playing with different, different tempos, which was, which is quite good. Um, you know, when we go and attack, you know, we take our one for one. So if we get, if we get one, they might get us, but then we'll get the, the revenge. So the, the logic being will end up with one more than the, than the opposition. 
um, also being being reactive. So you know these balls are obviously come at you really quick and they're very different to what we're used to. So taking catches uh, when we could, and I think in the British game, a lot of the players, the British British players, are phone dodgeball. They're not. We don't have experience with them. We're not ever so good at controlling them. So they float quite a lot, if you know what I mean. So we throw them and they kind of seem to drift upwards. So if they <laughs> you get thrown out, I think the best way to do it is just hit the deck. And I think that's your best chance of survival, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of times, especially with newer players in the foam realm, um, you notice it'll either float up or it'll float two feet in front of their intended target. Yeah. Um, it spike. also depends on... Or yeah, more yeah. So, um, so collectively, do you think foam will uh, take off over in the UK? Obviously, not surpassing cloth, but do you think it'll garner more in popularity? Um, there's definitely a few that have been bitten by the bug for sure. Uh, you know, they that's what they want to be their major sport, and a lot of a few, a few players are sort of prioritizing foam in their in their training um and in their in their exercises and in their tactics and prioritizing those tournaments that they want to go to um some people just just don't get it i mean as i say we quite play quite an end-to-end game i found that when we were playing this tournament you'd end up just you know you'd have three balls each then the team that has to throw goes up and, and throws so then the other team has four they they kind of burn one back so we back with three, three each again. Then we throw one. They're back with four. It just that's. I mean, that's how I I found it, and I find that quite sort of tedious. I do, and then because <laughs> we're not, you know, in the final especially, we had tired arms. You know, it was a, a long tournament. And just miss, 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 miss. It was just it just got a bit tedious. Like nobody could hit anybody out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, as I say, there there are some people that are really really enjoying it. I I see there are, are more tournaments coming available. Uh, as well so that's that's got to be good um to help us be more competitive um against you guys and the rest of the uh the world um but as for like leagues and stuff like that so becoming the number one i don't see that happening you know in the next season or two who knows it might be that we say right that's it we're going to make a switch um but that that's that's uh beyond beyond me i'm afraid <laughs> and would you uh would you say that the the fact that you guys were going through a heat storm with no air conditioning uh also attributed to the uh the lack of accuracy so no, on top of that, was, the that, ball, was a, that was a relatively cool day that was to be fair the sports all got a bit um sort of humid towards the end of the day with i think just so many bodies being in it um but no i don't think it was a it was a thing it's more of like we've not played in 16 months you know some of us only played a couple of times. Um, so how many tournaments pri- uh, prior to this one did Meteors actually play in? Or was this the first one you guys played in? You guys waited for the home one? This is our second tournament. The first one we played was a cloth tournament uh, in Nottingham. Um, so we played there. Uh, we won that one in cloth as well. So safe to assume that once you um, – in your case, you guys are already resuming normal play or at least as close to normal as you can. Um, Meteors are on a revenge tour. Yeah, I mean the the COVID rules now that there are none in the UK, we can do what we do what we want. I mean, some people still have uh, protection in in place, uh, like you know uh, masks and hand sanitizer and uh, and visors and stuff like that. But uh, no, there uh, there are no no rules so to speak. British dodgeball are taking precautions, like advising regular hand sanitization and limiting the amount of people in the sports hall. But um, other than that, we're all we're all pretty much back to normal here. Yeah? That's beautiful to hear for you guys. Yeah, kind of jealous to way. hear that. <laughs> kind of <laughs> jealous to hear that. But um, before I let you go, uh, when's the next tournament uh, you guys are going to make an appearance at? Have you guys decided that or? Uh, no, not decided. Uh, not decided yet. Um, I think uh, there's a couple of tournaments coming up at the end of the month, but we just got to see if we have got the, uh, the teams to. To, to do that i mean uh just uh to, before we do wrap up just to touch on the uh the final actually against manchester manchester killabies didn't didn't give them a shout out they're, they've been training really hard and you could tell that and aiden and um, alex Bembridge from their team they've been to the world championships as well both both very good players throw it pretty quickly as well um and, and they actually had two malaysian guys that looks like they uh 
sort of recruited or or signed up and they were you could tell they've had a lot of experience so they made it quite a challenge for us but um we actually had a yellow card uh in the second half i think for spiking the ball where you just throw it into the ground is that a thing uh like intentionally spiking or yeah, did you like, throw and I it think, just went down i think it was like we won the set and uh, one of my teammates just like in celebration threw it into the ground i think mm. uh, a warning they did it a second time and got like a yellow card i don't know if that's a, a phone rule it's a new one on me anyway uh, so that that's more of a cultural thing because it's not right. really called here okay. but i can understand how it's called yeah, I've never heard this. Okay, so this might have been made up for the tournament because I've never seen it ever been ha- enforced before in cloth, foam, or anything. Anyway, it, it happened, and uh, we had a, a yellow card, so we had five minutes. And obviously, cloth, you know, you have a three-minute set, and then you you go again. We had the uh, the seven-minute men who uh, in our team kept a set going for a whole seven minutes. <laughs> uh, shout out to Brett, Nathan, and uh, Joe for that one. <laughs> They played really well. It's like, you know, really quite tight. They had the two Malaysian guys left in for the Manchester Bees, got themselves in the corners, got themselves really small, like uh, like we often see. Uh, and just, I mean, to their detriment, you know, they, obviously they probably should have taken advantage of, of us with the fact that we were down to five men. But, you know, they didn't come out and attack the game. They were happy to let us wait. And we were happy to wait because, you know, we wanted to wait five minutes so that we could get our sixth man back on, on the court. Um, and, it, and it worked out really well. I think the game plan for them, and this is only speaking from experience because we did have a few Malaysian players come to uh, Los Angeles. Um, in that situation, they were probably waiting for you to tire out. Yeah. And on top of that, you guys were going through a heat wave during that time, so maybe they were kind of collecting themselves, hoping you tire out first, seeing as you guys are generally bigger bodies. So it, it'd be physics to, to take over as far as watching you guys slow down and watching them collect their breath, and maybe that's what they were waiting on. Maybe, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, I mean, for me, I think they should have the the uh, Manchester B should have uh, attacked the game a little bit more, try and try and won that set because, as I say, it was an opportunity to take advantage of us down down to five minutes. But uh, you know, that that was one of those phrase, stages where you know we had. To, I went out quite early. I got hit by uh, him by Aiden, and you know, to wait seven minutes uh, to to kind of come back out. Um, so yeah, it was a really like tense. It was tense because you know it's three. You had three. They had two players, and I reckon that lasted about that four or five minutes. That uh, that sort of battle. Um, do you know if either you or Manchester recorded that? Uh, yeah, we did. Manchester Bees did call, record it, but um, fairly early on into the first half, Brett uh, had a, a wild shot which knocked the GoPro out. So uh, <laughs> the game's uh, the game wasn't recorded, unfortunately. <laughs> Come on, Brett, you had one job. Yeah, um, <laughs> he, he just can't control his throws. You know, he's he's all over the place. Well, at least with foam, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'll I'll give him a little pass because I'm I'm sure that's probably his second or third time playing foam. So yeah, if it, it was cloth, it, I'd expect better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, what I was saying, uh, Straubs, he seems to control throws very well. Uh, as as to uh, Bevers, I've got to give a shout out to our debuts and Tim Day. I thought he 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 had a really good grasp of the uh, the throw as well. I thought he had a nice whip. And Henry always has a, a sharp shooter. And so there are some players getting control of those phone. But you know, compared to you know the, the Americans, Canadians, Malaysians, they just seem to be able to like release it so so quickly. And that's that's something we've got to be able to work on our game and be more effective with our dummies or fakes or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um... Actually, I'm going to share with this uh, tool with you. Um, I'm sure you can buy it and have it shipped to you um, to help you with your foam throw. Okay. Uh, so it's something that I use to kind of warm up my shoulder. Um, yeah. And I find that I, I, I train with my, you know, my nieces and my nephews who are like between six and 15 and they're playing foam. Yeah. So um, I'm sure it can help you guys. I'll definitely send it to you for sure. Oh, cheers, um, mate. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh yeah, uh, just for anyone uh, who wanted to know, um, when we were talking about Brett, we are talking about Brett Koenig. I interviewed him three months ago. If you want to listen to that, it's in the archives. And I'll be interviewing Simon Jones uh, later in Season 5. Uh, but that's pretty much it, man. Uh, thank you for hopping on and giving us an idea of how, from your perspective, um, how the foam open went. And I hope to do more recaps for you guys um, in the coming months and coming weeks as now Dodgeball has returned for you guys.
Awesome. Cheers. Look forward to it. Yeah. All right. And we Take will care. wrap up in. Okay. And that was the wrap up of the foam open recap. Uh, I want to thank Emily Walker again and Simon Jones for hopping on and sharing their perspective. I hope to do more um, British dodgeball recaps uh, as well as even recapping tournaments on my end of the spectrum, as well as bringing on more interviews and more guests, um, be it the UK or anywhere else. Um, as we're a little bit past the halfway point of season five, uh, I just want to say this is truly a blast and truly an honor to share more stories and improve upon the current format. So any current feedback you guys have for me um, greatly would appreciate it. I put a lot of time into this and I like to think that I'm making more fans, more friends along the way. And if my liver has anything to say about it, I probably won't survive the amount of drinks I have <laughs> once um, everything gets back to normal. Well, technically it is because now the UK has opened up. So to anyone over there, hope to see you soon. To anyone even beyond the UK, I hope to hear from you and I hope to travel to you soon. Um, next week, I'll be interviewing the drummer of Archetypes Collide, uh, Tyler Flam. Uh, for those who don't know, if you listen to any episode, whether it be the beginning or the end, or the end rather, you hear an intro um, via the songs from Archetypes Collide, and that's actually his band. So I'll get to have the musician on board and share his story. Uh, and overall, just give appreciation to his, his band for allowing us to use his music. So if you guys want to know anything more about him, I'll post the link below um, so you can follow them and catch more of their tunes. And with that being said, take care and have a wonderful day.